the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Whatever happened to Christine Blasey Ford? You remember Christine, uh, the psychologist who had the voice and demeanor of a 12-year-old when she testified last year in Brett Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation hearing? Haven't heard too much from her lately. Now, you'd think that after the trauma she says she suffered from being assaulted by Kavanaugh, what, 35 years ago or so, that she would have at least, you know, filed a lawsuit or maybe gone on a crusade to help other young women cope with being assaulted as young women. But for some reason, she just disappeared. Well, she's in the news again now, sort of, if you count only non-liberal news, non-liberal media. And because of a recording that surfaced from her lawyer explaining just uh, why she went after Kavanaugh. And we're going to have the author of a book uh, coming up here after the break. Uh, he wrote a book on that subject, and we'll talk to him. And then in the second half hour, we're gonna, uh, I'm going to re- reunite with an old radio partner of mine. He works up in Boston now. His name's Ken Laird. And I want to talk to him about how things are different up there in Boston uh, compared to how they were here in Pittsburgh and how the fans are different. And he's up there in the new city of champions. So that's what we'll do when we come back after the break. But first, it's Friday, and I think you know what that means. And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. Well, we could have made it easy this week and just named whoever it was at CNN who came up with the idea to put on seven hours of a bunch of lunatics talking about climate change. And we had plenty to pick from among the people who were doing the talking. But we're going to go with Pete Buttigieg, who was being interviewed by Allison Camerata of CNN. I think that it makes a lot of people feel very helpless. Because, yes, we can all do away with our plastic straws. And I haven't drank out of a straw for the past six months because I'm so worried about what's happening in the ocean. But people feel helpless when it's something that existential. Right. And so that's what uh, do about that. That's one of the things I think the, the downside to us facing just how colossal of a challenge this is. See, right now we're in a mode where we're uh, I think we're thinking about it mostly through the perspective of, of guilt, uh, you know, from using a straw to eating a burger. Am I part of the problem? And in a certain way, yes. But the most exciting thing is that we can all be part of the solution yeah it's really exciting at least we know now that allison has stopped using straws she's doing her best to save the planet but she didn't do enough to earn jerk of the week from windows or us jerk of the week that goes to pete Buttigieg. the jerk of the week is brought to you by windows r us Pittsburgh's premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. About a year ago, Christine Blasey Ford thought she was going to be the last straw for Brett Kavanaugh. When we come back, we'll talk to an author who's written a book that shows what Christine was really up to. Stick around. Getting close to retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? Well, we know the market goes up, and unfortunately, we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax-friendly, stable, and worry-free. Oh, 
And speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. A couple of weeks ago, we had Rocky Blyer here to talk about his work with Miracle League in Moon Township. Fields for athletes with special needs. Jim Leland, the Pirates' former manager, is also involved in that project. Jim, thanks for being here. Great to be here, John. Great to talk to you. Tell me about the Miracle League of Moon Township. It's just a great thing for these kids, and it's a wonderful opportunity for people to participate. Some people are a little less fortunate than others, and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to volunteer and to help out and put a smile on somebody's face. I've seen the field that they put out in Upper St. Clair. It's amazing. Oh, it's unbelievable the way they construct these things. They have the ramps and everything for the kids. It takes a little stress off the parents. I think it's what Pittsburgh's all about. It's just a great thing. It'll serve Montour, West Allegheny, Moon, Sewickley, Weirton, Steubenville, Beaver County, and surrounding communities. Approximately 100 to 200 children will be eligible to participate, and it'll also serve adults with special needs. So it's a great cause. And if you'd like to see how you can help, maybe donate some money, check it out at miraclesinmoon.org. Miraclesinmoon.org. It's time to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining The Answers, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City, Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the Garden Tomb? Register today for the Stand with Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just go to our website for more details and registration information at theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. That's theanswerpgh.com slash Israel. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. So remember what we were doing about a year ago? The country was obsessed with Brett Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford. And uh, Brett Kavanaugh uh, and President Trump won. Kavanaugh is sitting on the Supreme Court, as far as I know right now. But we're finding out some uh, some interesting things about Christine because of research done for a book by Ryan Lovelace. The title of the book is Search and Destroy Inside the Campaign Against Brett Kavanaugh. And Ryan joins us now. Ryan, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, before we go, I, I want to play a soundbite from Deborah Katz. Uh, that's Christine Blasey Ford's attorney. I'm sure you're, you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, and it's a soundbite that probably hasn't and won't get a lot of play in the liberal media. Here it is. Aftermath of these hearings, I believe that Christine's testimony brought about more good than the harm misogynist Republicans caused by allowing Kavanaugh on the court. We were going to have a conservative. Elections have consequences. But he will always have an asterisk next to his name. When he takes a scalpel to Roe v. Wade, we will know who he is. We know his character, and we know what motivates him, and that is important. It is important that we know, and that was part of what motivated Christine. You all know. 
So, uh, Ryan, does that sum up why Brett Kavanaugh was put through what he uh, had to go through? You know, I think that's that sums up pretty well why, um, you know, the left thinks um, that they felt like they needed to do this. You know, when I discovered that clip, I've, you know, I'd spent months in researching and reporting for the book Search and Destroy by looking at Deborah Cass's um, public comments, her private comments, her private emails to Senate Democrats and Senate Republicans, and really tried to get an understanding of what it was she was doing. And, you know, in mentioning that the media probably isn't going to play that clip all that much, I think it's worth noting, you know, when I discovered that, um, you know, the clip has been available online publicly for almost five months. Um, but it was really, it was first reported by me in the book Search and Destroy, but nobody else had picked up on it to that point. And I think that's emblematic of a larger problem of the failure of coverage of precisely what happened here and why we don't know yet um, fully enough of the details. And so that's really what I was trying to get at here um, in, in the book and to try to kind of help explain things. Because what we'd heard was Christine Blasey Ford saying only she knew what happened because no one could corroborate her story. And other folks you know, she couldn't say precisely when it happened or where it happened. But now this gets at why it happened. And we're learning that now for the first time. Yeah. And uh, the Daily Caller was the first uh, to, as at least that I was aware of, that used the soundbite just a couple of days ago. I'm guessing it hasn't shown up on CNN or MSNBC yet and probably won't. Not to my knowledge. You know, yeah. We sent the video to the Daily Caller um, and I had shared it with the Washington Examiner a day prior and, and they'd written about it, too. Um, but really it hasn't, uh, you know, saturated over there just yet. And who knows whether or not it will. You know, we're coming up on about one year of the anniversary of these hearings later this month. And so much has changed since then and so much has changed leading into them. And I think any retrospective um, looking back at Justice Kavanaugh's uh, confirmation and the nomination battle is probably going to have to consider this. At least I hope it would, um, because I think there are so many unanswered questions coming out of the hearings. That's really why I pursued writing this book, Search and Destroy, was because I wanted to answer some of those questions or at least attempt to find out the answers to them. And I, I know it's a, an oversimplification, but it seems like it was all about abortion. I mean, well, that's it, what Deborah Katz is saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I think, and I think one of the really big things is, one of the big questions that we have now is, is, is it all about abortion for Christine Blasey Ford? Is what Deborah Katz is saying correct? Because before his nomination, it was all about abortion for the left. There was a whole rise up for Roe tour about Roe v. Wade. So mm -hmm. I think you, you've got a point there. Now, was this whole thing, this whole orchestrated uh, Christine Blasey Ford uh, routine, was, was this a, a show for the media and for the public more than it was actually testimony that anybody thought was going to sway anybody in the Senate? I think it was all a uh, new legal strategy to try cases in the court of public opinion as, in, as opposed to in an actual courtroom. And the reason I think that is because uh, Deborah Katz and the others on Christine Blasey Ford's team, legal team, public relations team, but specifically Deborah Katz has said, you know, and in that same talk of that clip that you just played, she says you cannot just look to the law when you have a case like this, but she pursues a press strategy, a legislative strategy, and that way, she utilizes organized forces, in her words, organized forces on the left, to accomplish these means. And I think she was trying to instruct others to follow her lead and how she has successfully advocated for her clients to accomplish their political agendas. But really, that is remarkably different from what people were led to believe about the advice and consent process that the Senate was going to engage in. Now, I went into this last year expecting advice and consent, the same thing that the Senate had rejected Merrick Garland, who was President Obama's selection for the Supreme Court, and confirmed Justice Neil Gorsuch, who was President Trump's. And instead, you know, I think what I found and what we all witnessed was this process of search and destroy unfold uh, on camera and also behind the scenes. Uh, this just occurred to me now. I hadn't thought about it until just now. Uh, what you bring up here about it being uh, a, a, try by, a trial by public opinion, um, it, it would seem to me that it, it, would, it would make a lot of sense to, in order to avoid that, I mean, these senators are supposed to listen to the testimony and then uh, decide whether this judge should be approved or not. Um, what good really does it do to let the public in on it if it's just going to create a circus? So, I mean, I wonder if, there, if it would just be better to let, let the senators do it and, uh, you know, show us the highlights after the, after the, uh, the decision is made because the, the public doesn't, get to ha doesn't have a say in it. They elected those senators and they've trusted them with the decision. 
seemed to me it just you know, why, why do we need why do we need to give them a stage? Right. You know, I think that's a very interesting point, and that's the argument that um, has been used for so long not to have cameras in the Supreme Court room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they don't want to politicize it because it inherently allows uh, you know people to grandstand, whether it would be an advocate or arguing before the court or a judge or a justice themselves. That's the argument against it there. And I've heard similar arguments as it applies to the committee. But I think it's also really important to note that the committee does hold off-camera, behind-closed-doors hearings in addition to the ones that we see on camera. And very interestingly, Senator Dianne Feinstein, the California Democrat, who's the lead Democrat on the committee, didn't even attend. And I found that really interesting in the course of reporting this book because when Christine Blasey Ford came forward and approached uh, Senator Feinstein with her famous letter, um, you know, Feinstein had that letter and then did not go to that closed door hearing where she could have asked about these things in private away from the cameras. She elected not to go that route. And I think that's a very important part of this, too. We're talking to Ryan Lovelace. He's the author of Search and Destroy Inside the Campaign Against Brett Kavanaugh. Uh, the Democrats obviously had Christine Blasey Ford as their ace in the hole. How soon in the process did they know they were going to play that card right from the beginning? Well, that's something that I've been really trying to get to the bottom of. And everybody had been asking questions about, well, how did this get out there? How long has she been around there? And what I discovered was that Christine Blasey Ford first approached the Washington Post. She approached them multiple times, actually on the Friday before Kavanaugh's Monday nomination. And I published in the back of my book the full encrypted messages that she sent to the Washington Post so folks can review them and decide for themselves what to make of them. When she said she was going the civic route, now, she'd already approached the Washington Post a couple of times, and she had hired a lawyer at that point, too. And she had also contacted the senators, a senator and a congresswoman. And so that really made me wonder, well, what is she actually talking about here? The civic route, this seems kind of odd. And Deborah Katz was saying, you know, her client was rather ambivalent. But, and, you know, whether or not she was ambivalent, uh, you know, it seems to kind of contradict someone who repeatedly went to the press. Um, to try to get her story out there. And I think that's something that's very important to keep in mind in all of this. And I think it's also important to keep in mind one other thing, which is when people were asking, why didn't Republicans know about this sooner? One of the things that's revealed in this book is precisely when Senator Feinstein's staff shared this allegation with Republicans. And it was shared after Christine Blasey Ford talked to the Washington Post, after her lawyers went on CNN. And it was only shared after Deborah Katz gave Feinstein's staff to go ahead to do so. And really, it's interesting because, you know, she's not a member, Deborah Katz, the attorney for Christine Blasey Ford, not a member of the government, not a governmental official, not a senator, not a staffer, none of those things. And yet, you know, so much of this process was um, directed around her. And so how well organized uh, was this plan? I mean, uh, that sounds like um, someone like Christine Blasey Ford, who's, uh, you know, uh, just a doctor out there in California, and uh, seemed to be a regular person until she was brought onto the national scene in a big hurry and a big splash. She seems like a pretty regular person, but she, she, she or somebody around her seemed to be pretty media savvy for just a regular old person. And I think you picked up on a key point there, too, especially the media savviness. You know, to, to listen to her team, though, that's exactly right. Um, you know, one of the things that I think is important to point out is, when the tide sort of turned for Justice Kavanaugh, um, you know, there was both Susan Collins' public comments about why she was going to vote for him, but there was also Michael Avenatti stepping forward and saying he had another accuser that everyone needed to listen to. But the media strategy he pursued was completely different from Christine Blasey Ford. Christine Blasey Ford never left her lawyer's side when she was on camera, and when she faced questions from Republicans, it was through Rachel Mitchell a sex crimes prosecutor that was asking probing questions, but they were sympathetic. They weren't adversarial. Michael Avenatti put his client on camera with a journalist who was an investigative journalist that did not have to uh, feel the pressure of the believe the woman narrative and asked adversarial questions that caused her story to crumble. Christine Blasey Ford has not yet faced adversarial questions, and she hasn't addressed the issues that uh, her lawyers have said about what her actual motivation was, which appear to contradict her testimony. And so I think there's a lot of questions now that open up about, you know, what exactly was her motivation and why are people, um, you know, willing to talk about this now, but they weren't back then. I would have thought she'd had a book out by now. Well, you know, she's been in the public eye. I was disappointed. I had had some conversation with Deborah Katz, you know, during this process. 
Um, and, and when, before Christine Blasey pointed out herself, was willing to talk to me, but unfortunately for this process, she is not, but she has gone and she's been on the award circuit, so to speak. You know, she had presented an award at a sports illustrator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's accepted it in California. So she's not hiding, um, you know, contrary to what, you know, some people might think, but yeah, I, I would, I would have thought perhaps the same thing could have been in her future. Talking to Ryan Lovelace, uh, author of Search and Destroy, Inside the Campaign Against Brett Kavanaugh. Got a few more minutes left here. Uh, it took me about 12 seconds into her testimony to decide I didn't believe a word she said. Um, but how many Democrats do you think actually believed her and thought it was a true story, and how many of them knew it was all an act, or at least thought it was? I think that's really hard to know, because so much of what we see on camera is um, people playing to their different audiences. But I do think, you know, there's a genuine um, belief among people out there that the truth was unknowable. And I personally, as a skeptical journalist, always wonder um, whether there's a more attainable version of the truth that's out there, whether there are things that we don't know. And when I watched this process unfold, I saw my colleagues in the press uh, so often not look at some of the questions that I think were raised throughout this process but were never really answered or attempted to because of the way this unfolded. You know, Republicans wanted to get, uh, you know, Justice Kavanaugh confirmed and Democrats wanted to stall until perhaps the 2020 election and certainly stall his nomination or kill it as quick as they could. And so really nobody ever bothered to actually do a full investigation. And that's what I endeavored to do here was to provide information and not affirmation of a particular side. You know, when I quote from a private email that hasn't been made public before, I publish it in full in the back of the book so folks can read it in its entire context and not uh, try to accuse anything here of being taken out of context or spin. I want people to be able to look at it for themselves and be given the opportunity that they weren't given last September. And so was anybody, you included, especially doing the research for your book, anybody able to determine how many lies she may have told? Or is there any proof of lies that she told in there? Well, one of the interesting things that I've heard even since the book's publication earlier this week is Senator Tillis from North Carolina, um, upon some of the revelations from my book, has now come out and said, you know, he thinks there's um, things in here that merit warranting, uh, merit, uh, warrant a further investigation by the Judiciary Committee. You know, he's a Judiciary Committee member, and he's saying, you know, if someone came and gave sworn testimony before the committee, and in light of what's, uh, you know, now been revealed in this book, it appears that there's questions about whether or not, you know, this was true and the veracity of it. I think that's going to be something for the Senate to investigate if they so choose. And then I think upon doing so, that would be the only way we could really have an answer to whether or not there were lies and precisely how many there could have been. Uh, you covered the uh, Supreme Court for the Washington Examiner. Uh, did any of this shock you as it was going on or any of it since you've looked into it? Well, I think, you know, it, it did shock me, but I was also sort of expecting it. And, and I say that for one particular reason. You know, we've seen Supreme Court nominations get more vitriolic uh, one after the next. And with Justice Gorsuch, um, you know, President Trump's critics from the left said he sat in a stolen seat. They said the seat belonged to Merrick Garland, who was President Obama's selection, and that Republicans put Gorsuch in there and it was a stolen seat. And then with Justice Kavanaugh now, they're saying they want to put an asterisk next to his name, particularly about any opinion he might write about Roe versus Wade. And both of those things are aimed at the same thing, which is delegitimizing the court, uh, attacking its authority and credibility. And that's really why folks on both the left and the right talk to me for this book, because they understand there's a vested interest in having people truthfully understand the way their institutions operate. Because if people lose public confidence in the Supreme Court, then there could be all kinds of issues with the lower courts and the faith in the justice system in this country all across the nation. So I have less than a minute here, and I'm against a hard break, Ryan. Uh, what should we expect if Trump nominates another justice? How are the Democrats going to top this act? Well, I think it, it's only going to get worse. And I would think, you know, it depends on precisely when it is. If there is a vacancy because of a voluntary or involuntary leave of a current Supreme Court justice uh, before the 2020 presidential election, I would imagine all hell would break loose. And if it's afterward, it's certainly going to depend upon who controls the Senate as the outcome of the 2020 elections will dictate. Uh, we're finishing up here. Thanks. Uh, Ryan Lovelace, author of Search and Destroy, Inside the Campaign Against Brett Kavanaugh. Congratulations on the book. I hope you sell a ton of them. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Okay, and we'll be right back.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. As Hurricane Dorian races up the Atlantic coast towards Canada, attention is turning back to the Bahamas, where the storm at Category 5 strength strafed the islands, leaving many without homes. Abaco Island resident G. Rawl says he's waking at the pier to evacuate to Nassau. So far, it's chaos here, and the place is uninhabitable. Nobody can live here. So we're trying to get out, and they only have limited um, ways of getting out here, and the government trying their best, but at the same time, I don't think they're doing a good enough job to evacuate the people because the place ain't livable for nobody. Dorian blasted the Bahamas with 185-mile-an-hour winds last weekend. At least 30 people are confirmed dead. Meanwhile, officials on North Carolina's Ocracoke Island are initiating efforts to evacuate residents who need to leave there. On Wall Street, that up by 69 points. This is SRN News. When it comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Hi, Dennis Prager here. I want to let you know about a new product available at the Prager Store. It's offering the audio version of the Rational Bible Genesis on CD, narrated by the extraordinary Tom Parks. He's been recording bestsellers for 30 years. I personally picked them, and you will love listening to him read Genesis. Listening or reading, I hope these are life-changing for you. In fact, I know they will be. Of that, I am absolutely certain. To buy the Rational Bible Genesis audiobook or the autographed hardcover, go to PragerStore.com. Hugh Hewitt can see what's going on in Iran. Iran is stifling the United Nations probe of its alleged storage of nuclear equipment, radioactive materials in Tehran. They're making a bomb. Everyone knows that. And on top of that, France is giving Iran $15 billion. It's uh, France subsidizing terrorism in a rogue state. Can't believe it. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250. The Answer. If you're worried about market volatility or the possibility of losing money in the next market crash, the time to act is now. Effective financial management involves identifying opportunities. And with a 10-year bull market run, markets around all-time highs, and a highly contested election cycle right around the corner, we have an opportunity now to protect what's important. Don't risk losing a significant portion of your life savings in the next market downturn. Call Hunt & Associates today, 844-366-HUNT. That's 844-366-4868. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors. And we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy and Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy and Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spire at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Things pretty heavy delays around the area on the Parkway West. Inbound, lots of volume from 79 all the way to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound, a little heavy. Banksville Road to Carnegie. Parkway East, that's stacked up outbound. Just past Boulevard, the Allies to Edgewood, Swissdale. Inbound delays, Britain Road overpass to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And some slowdowns from Forbes Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Southbound 79 delays from 50 to the Washington County Line. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, weather. 
Skies will be partly cloudy tonight with a low of 55 expected. A great start to your weekend tomorrow with partly sunny conditions and a high of 74. Then partly cloudy again tomorrow night with a low of 56. On Sunday, some sun to start getting cloudier as we go through the day. The high will be 73. Staying quite pleasant on Monday with a high of 77. But we'll warm up to a high of 83 on Tuesday. And it'll also become a little more humid. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Derek Witt. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, it's Friday. The Steelers play in Boston against the Waxley in Foxborough, but they play the Patriots on the road on Sunday. Big game. Uh, let's do a little sports, but I want to talk uh, sports, not necessarily X's and O's about the uh, Steelers and the Patriots, but I wanted to find out what it's like up there in Boston for a Pittsburgh guy now working in the Boston media, and that would be Ken Laird, a guy I co-hosted a radio show with a few years ago. He's now a producer and a reporter at WEEI in Boston, and Ken joins us now. Ken, thanks for being here. Stag. Couldn't be happier. How you doing, buddy? Good, good. So I, <clears throat> I wanted to get you on because you are someone who's a Pittsburgh guy, came from this area, and you worked in the media in this area, and now you're up there in Boston, uh, right. uh, which is a big market and all that stuff, and you're a pro- big-time radio producer up there and reporter. Um, I, I, my first question is, what's it like uh, working in the same town as the greatest athlete in the history of the United States of America? <laughs> I know you say that tongue in cheek. You're not talking about Tom Brady. Are you? I think I am. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. He's uh, he, he does a weekly hit on our show, uh, uh, our morning show on WEI in Boston, and then is a, a pretty nice guy. Obviously, gets a big uh, big reaction every time he comes on. Um, I, and I understand Roethlisberger canceled doing his. Yeah, he's going to uh, do it on another station, but he he got off of the fan. Yeah, right. Um, so, you know, he, he and Belichick dominate most of the news cycle up here. You know, it's Brady, it's Belichick, and uh, uh, other than that, maybe Trump is like the number three in terms of the pecking order of, of talkers around these parts. But uh, it, uh, you know, the, the daily drama of the Patriots there, when I was up here in college uh, in the early 2000s, uh, you know, this town couldn't buy a winner until 2001. You know, that's when, the, when this whole dynamic began so i'm here I, I was there kind of at the start of it and then i came back here for maybe this is the end who knows but uh it, you were around in the 70s in pittsburgh I, yeah. I can't picture what that was like yeah uh, and it's a little bit like that now here everybody's so spoiled with success that it's uh, unless you win a title it's not you're not relevant but then you're also you know it's it's a town where everybody that's uh, 20 years old that's all they've known is winners since they were born yeah and uh they're the city of champions up there now how um, insufferable would Boston fans have been if the Bruins had won the Cup in June? <laughs> I know it was like it was almost expected. That was like a, the stutter yeah. of all that they they didn't pull it out in Game Seven. So, uh, um, right. I mean, that, that would have been. Uh, but 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 you know, it's it's almost like it gets lost in the in the shuffle. They've had uh, so many wins. I mean, so for the Patriots to win six, the Celtics to win one, the Bruins to win one, and the Red Sox have won four in that span. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, and and you mentioned like uh, young fans. Uh, like there are fans here who have never seen the Pirates win a World Series. They they've seen you know plenty of success with the Steelers and Penguins recently, but uh, they've never seen the Pirates win a World Series, uh, or even right. get to the World Series. You'd have to be probably fifty years old to have any real appreciation for it. Um, so uh, they uh, they have to be the young fans are going to have to be uh, let down pretty easy when this all comes to an end because it will come to an end. I know it's going to happen eventually. Although you know Boston's big market, I know you've been beating that drum for a while in baseball. There's some markets that can that yeah, compete, and some they that got don't. the money. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but even this year, like the Red Sox had maybe their most incredible season they've ever had in the franchise history. They won 108 games last year and, and won a title, and they're like 10 games over 500. They're, but they're going to miss the playoffs this year, and it's just they they have totally fallen off the cliff. Nobody cares. So. Uh, you know, I was there for whatever 2013, the, the Cueto year, and uh, you know we were doing radio together at that time yeah, when the Pirates yeah. were back and almost relevant again. And it, it, you can't even compare like the interest in Pittsburgh at that time. We, the absence of a winner for so long created such it's it, just like it was here in '04, I'm sure, mm-hmm. when the Red Sox finally won. But uh, things things change and cycle, and uh, right now the Red Sox are totally dead, and it's all Patriots all the time. No, so, but in general, uh, if if all things being equal, both teams are successful. Who, who's the bigger deal up there, Patriots or Red Sox, or is it a tie? 
Definitely Patriots. Although it's a weird really? dynamic in this town. Uh, oh, it's, I mean, it's 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 not even close, uh, really. Uh, the, the Red Sox get good ratings. They do sevens and eights, you know, for yeah. for their games, which is probably three times what the Bruins and Celtics do. But Patriots games, uh, yeah, as you know, it's there are fewer games and it's tough to compare. But uh, football drives it. Uh, you know, the Red Sox owner John Henry also owns the Boston Globe, which is a strange dynamics. You yeah. have. Uh, the players getting paid, uh, you know, and, and and the writers by the same guy. Oh wow! <clears throat> from one outlet, which is just totally insane when you think about it, and uh, that that affects the market inside. And you, it feels like the Globe, and I think a lot of people believe it's true. The Globe and John Henry, the owner of the Red Sox, have a little rivalry with the Patriots. So in town, there's competition for for attention. Now, uh, I'm, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Pittsburgh is now the largest city in uh, the United States without a daily newspaper. The Post Gazette uh, is—I um, don't know if it's happened yet—but uh, the Post Gazette is only, I think, just down to three days a week. So there is no daily newspaper that you can pick up and hold in your hand in Pittsburgh. Is, is the Boston Globe still uh, still uh, sailing along, or is it struggling the way the other papers are around the country? Because it's a biggie. Well, nobody. Yeah, I think I think the answer is they're probably at best breaking even. But I. Yeah. But you know, because John Henry's a billionaire, he's going to support it, and it's you know. Yeah. It's uh, something he's doing. It's almost a charitable endeavor. But they, this used to be a two-paper town. The Boston Herald is, for the most part, dead. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, the right-wing paper in town is has really slumped and is irrelevant. It's it is sad to see. I mean, you and I worked for for the Trib, and yeah, uh, they they couldn't sell digital, and it's 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 a uh, it's a major struggle, and it's changed the whole landscape of everything. Party's over. So, uh, but we're talking to uh, Ken Laird. He's a radio producer, WEEI in Boston, and a Pittsburgh guy, and a guy I worked with for several years at Trib Live Radio, which uh, we had a lot of fun uh, doing a talk show there. But uh, I wanted, and and so I I thought Ken would be a good guy to have on to talk about the similarities and differences between uh, Pittsburgh and Boston with the game coming up on Sunday. And I wanted uh, people here in Pittsburgh, and you've, you've seen Belichick, from afar, because you watched him as you're working in the media here in Pittsburgh, but now you've had a few years up there where you have to look at him and listen to him just about every day. Um, <laughs> how is he viewed up there? Is he as boring and and um, and all the other things that he appears to be up there as he is to everybody else? It, it, it's complicated. I mean, yes, he's uh, obviously he's incredibly boring and he's Purposely. insulting. You know, he insults the media on a daily basis with one-word answers, and he's just yeah. a total curmudgeon, as everybody has seen. And you know, you've watched his act in Cleveland; it hasn't changed through the years. But uh, you know, he's he's beloved because he's brought a winner. I think it's more Brady than Belichick, and I think most people. I, I shouldn't say that; it's probably a split. As the yeah. you know. Who believes what is the driving force behind it? Uh, when they lost to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, he benched Malcolm Butler, one of his defensive backs, and after losing the game and their defense got shredded, he was, he was taking some legitimate criticism up here. But that's all changed because they won again last year. It's um, it's a weird dynamic. And then you know you have uh, some of the media still fawn all over him. Like a couple of years ago, they were, the last time they were playing the Steelers, not the last time, it must have been 2016. Uh, he Belichick had had a grandchild, and the the, the beat writers pitched in and bought him a onesie and like put it on the podium and i'm thinking would the writers in pittsburgh have ever no. purchased a onesie from mike tomlin i mean forget mike happening? tomlin how about chuck knoll or bill Cowher? <laughs> right. yeah. i mean so these are these are media members that are supposed to be objective I, I mean some are some aren't it's uh but you you get caught up. I'm sure the the, the psycho and belichick is a weird guy he's got he's got this dude burge who follows him around Everywhere he goes is his personal assistant, basically. It's his own media relations guy, and he studies the media, and he watches the media at every press conference. And, uh, uh, you know, if, if something is said in the media that's uh, critical or whatever, Belichick knows about it because of this guy. So he is hyper-focused on the details. Wow. And, and it, is a, it is a strange dynamic. And um, is it, are you allowed, is anybody allowed up there to uh, mention that he, you know, might have cheated? Once or twice? Are you allowed to say that? Like if you said that on the radio, would the would the general manager come in and have you removed and and you know with security? No, there's some leeway there. I mean, to be honest, he and you know the owner Robert Kraft has had his own scandal, and of course Brady yeah. has as well. I mean, there are some haters in town, quote unquote. There are some skeptics, but uh, yeah, you you run the risk of uh, of getting shouted down. And it depends which cheating scandal you're talking about, I guess. Yeah, you know, there's 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 
too many gates to keep track of these days. Yeah, but the but the spy gate is the one that he got a five hundred thousand dollar fine, and they had a number one draft pick taken away. And people seem to when they when they talk about Belichick's place in history, that seems yep. to be uh, people forget to mention that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, and that's uh, took a whole new life of its own. Uh, one of the writers up here, John Tomasi, wrote for, who wrote for the Herald at the time, had written a report that they taped the Rams' walkthrough leading into the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and that was later proved to be either erroneous or the you know the Herald pulled back on the report, and Tomasi had to issue an, uh, an apology, and, and he is totally persona non grata up here. He lost his job at the Herald because of that, and uh, he was wow. working with us at our radio station for a while, and he's still around, but he, he he's, he's banned from covering the Patriots at Gillette. He cannot cover the Patriots. So, just right there. I mean, but a lot of people. You mean the Patriots they, banned him, Ken? The Patriots said you're yeah. not allowed here. Oh. He is not allowed at Gillette. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, now it's it's a false report, and most people, when they think back to the whole Spygate scandal, I mean, there's one thing to videotape the sidelines. The Jets, Belichick's admitted that, and uh, you know, he claims everybody knew, everybody was right. doing it, everybody in the stadium was was watching him film the opposing sideline. But the one people reference is that he taped this uh, walkthrough before the Super Bowl, and. Officially, that's not true. We'll never know because Goodell burned the tapes. You know, we would go back through this yeah. again and again. But uh, obviously, he and he, he's aware of everything. You know what the most laughable thing is? That during the Flategate, Belichick feigned ignorance and said, you know, that's Tom Brady's, uh, you know, that's, he knows how he likes his balls. I don't get involved in that. Come on. Belichick knows everything, every yep. detail from top to bottom. He's, he's lying through his teeth. Are the media up there obsessed with Brady the way the and I'm talking about the non-sports media? Uh, are they obsessed with Brady the way that uh, the, the the non-sports media are obsessed with Ben Roethlisberger here? Ben did this and Ben did that, and um, of course, I mean, if you're talking about local news, yeah, I mean, local yeah. news, is, as you know, becomes <laughs> yeah. just a total shadow of what it used to be. Yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's pretty pretty sick. Now there are a couple of long stand. You probably know a few of these guys. Mike Lynch, who was a longtime TV guy up here, finally retired. He and Bob Lobel and John Dennis were like uh, and Bob Lobel's gone years too. Huh? Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's gone. He's been gone for probably ten years. Retired, but uh, the changing of the guards. So now you've got a, you've got the new pretty faces who are in, and of course they're just going to sensationalize everything Brady does. He posts on Instagram, and it's. Uh, it's fond all over. Well, do the anchors and anchorettes wear red, white, and blue on the set on Saturday and Friday and Sunday? <laughs> totally. Of course they, they do. do. Of course they do. Oh, boy, is that nauseating. It's, uh, it, it makes you want to puke. Use one of your... <laughs> you, you ain't phrases. kidding. You ain't kidding, boy. What a, You know, the thing about that, Ken, is... If it, you, it's one thing to show civic pride and, you know, we're rooting for the home team and all that. That's all understandable. But what happens when you have a story about Robert Kraft, and uh, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be uh, reporting as a reporter? You know, did they wear red, white, and blue jerseys to the uh, to the Kraft press conference? <laughs> There's been no Kraft press conference. I mean, there's barely been coverage of it. Yeah, I mean, he technically he wasn't yeah, found guilty of it yet. That's well, I mean, everybody knows what happened. Yeah, it's. Yeah, of course. I mean, they're not going to touch that those subjects or touch them in a critical, investigative manner, uh, because you know the Crafts, who are he and his son, who's going to take over the organization when he leaves, yeah. are billionaires. They control the dollars in town. Uh, John Henry's wife is going to be the she probably is the most powerful uh, person in Boston, uh, Linda Fizzuti. So uh, these people you don't cross. They, if you do, uh, your name is taken down. You know. <laughs> They know full well what's happened, and, and uh, when possible, they will exact revenge down the road. Wow! Uh, but so the, the uh, we know how the Robert Kraft story was covered nationally. It got a lot of um, uh, a lot of coverage, maybe even a little bit more than it deserved, actually. But uh, because he's Robert Kraft and it's the Patriots, it was going to get mentioned on all the national networks. But up yep. there, was it was it? Uh, did they try to downplay it, or was it a gigantic story? It was gigantic, but I think uh, uh, most of the media coverage, uh, it was split. There were obviously some women's groups who were out against him yeah. uh, for it, but uh, most of the coverage that I heard was, well, it's, it's, a, it's a misdemeanor, it's, he's, he's divorced, uh, yeah. uh, not divorced, but his wife passed away, yeah. so, uh, leave him alone. you know, he's, yeah. It's, yeah, just leave him alone, it's, it's, he's doing, you get into the whole sex trade and uh, yeah, right, right. The, the prostitution, the legality of it and all that stuff. But for the most part, he was 
people were, were standing up to defend him because, I mean, he's a philanthropist. He's given a lot of money to a lot of people over the years, and, of course, they're going to, when they can, uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, and uh, we have a couple minutes left here with Ken Laird of WEEI in Boston and a former Pittsburgh media guy. Uh, so Boston's a big market. Um, do fans and media up there look at Pittsburgh as a hick town and people in Pittsburgh and from Western PA as a bunch of rubes? Yes. They do. The That's part, a quick yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what happens is, uh, and uh, there's no avoiding this, but yeah. Pittsburgh gets lumped into every story from Fayette County that comes out of, of uh, or from Walmart and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. West Mifflin. Uh, there was a story from there from a couple weeks ago that made the rounds. Yeah. It's, it's just lumped in as a Pittsburgh story. Right. Uh, so you get labeled pretty quickly as, uh, you know, Hickville. But there's plenty of, uh, uh, of New England sections that sort of mirror that to me. I don't think we're all that different, to be honest. Uh, but, uh, yes, yeah, to answer your question, absolutely. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a little small town. It's in the heart yeah. of Appalachia, which I guess we are. That's good. So I, maybe what we need to do, Ken, is have some people go up there, wear some Steelers jerseys, and just beat somebody with a Patriots jersey to a pulp during the game on Sunday. That'll show them, right? I, I know you're you're, causing, you're part of the problem, John. You're trying to, you're, these kind of questions are leading to, to violence and the further division between our two towns. So, will you be going to the game Sunday? I will not because my wake up call is three a.m. So Ooh. I'm going to watch in the you know morning. Oh, that's right, it's a night game. But if it's a day game, are you there? I sometimes, yeah, I will go. Um, but. Uh, it's a good stadium. It's it's well, the problem with the Gillette Stadium is there is literally one road in and out of the place. And I've been there. Oh yeah, it's, nasty. Uh, one of the worst places to get out of after a game. Yeah, terrible. So uh, good place to they, avoid. They yeah, I've exactly. I've found Ken. Kind of nice to... Yeah, I've found that the sitting in the press box uh, is now not quite as enjoyable as sitting in my living room with a sixty-five inch screen. You know, it's just me. Of course, you know. The glamour of being Ooh. in the press box is kind of worn off for me. You're a lot younger than I I'm, am. Maybe you're not there yet. No, I'm stunned that people still want to go to these games. <laughs> you know, the NFL has had some attendance problems, but for yeah. the most part, right. they get it done. But right, who wants to go out? I, I, if it's, you know, I wouldn't sit and stand. That's for sure. So you just sit there with your uh, Tom Brady jersey on and watch the game on Sunday? Right, right. Like <laughs> any other good media member up here. <laughs> hey Ken, I'm out of time. I really good talking to you. Good uh, being on the radio again with you. Let's do it again sometime. Maybe uh, in hey. the playoffs. We'll see what's going on. Anytime, Stag. You are the man. All right, man. Thanks. That's Ken Laird of WEEI in Boston. He's a big deal up there. I'm just down here, still struggling in this rube town of Pittsburgh. We'll be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. You started your business with nothing but a great big idea. They told you it couldn't be done. 
but that just made you work harder to prove them wrong. Now look at you, ready to take on the world. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South gets where you're coming from. When they said they wanted to create great big graphics for great big ideas like yours in less time than anyone else, they were told it couldn't be done. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South just smiled and said, oh yeah, watch us. When you need a large format printing partner who can provide high quality visual graphics in stunning detail, from trade show displays to outdoor signs, 3M brand vehicle wrap for your fleet, to window graphics, banners, and decals. Speed Pro Pittsburgh South can handle most jobs in two days or less and can roll with last-minute change-ups without breaking a sweat. Who says it can't be done? For a free quote, visit speedpropghsouth.com. Hi, my name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners of South Coast Tax. We started our company 10 years ago in an effort to help our fellow Christians experiencing tax issues resolve their matters by taking a simple three-step approach. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys that specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We're also a small firm who will treat you like family, not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation. And we'll take the time to explain all of the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. Proverbs 15.22 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Dinner time story to finish up the week. They opened up a Chick-fil-A in Toronto, the first one uh, last couple of days, maybe today, I don't know. But, um, of course, there were demonstrations. Some some group called Liberation T.O., uh, they said that uh, they're dedicated to achieving total non-human and human animal liberation. And it says Chick-fil-A has a history of being anti-LGBTQ and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this one, the, they were demonstrations. They were lying in the streets. They did a, uh, a dead-in or a die-in or something. And here's the only problem. They were lined up outside for four hours to get in. Hundreds of people. And they went and ate a lot of chicken. Thanks to Aaron Byrne for another good week of producing. Thank you for listening. And I'll see Yins on Monday. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.